What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. Back after two unintentional, well, one of them was intentional last week, not so intentionally off weeks. Uh, I am your uh, derelict host, Brad, joined by my much more responsible co-host, Micah. No, okay. <laughs> and <Ken Carey. laughs> I'm responsible. Well, no, like, like I have to own it because two weeks ago I was out of town on for work. And then last week I made the foolish decision uh, to get both my COVID booster and flu shot at the same time. And uh, I was fine. Yeah, I was good enough. I was good enough on Monday to record Look Forward. And then as the week progressed, uh, I got dramatically worse. As that I, I got both mine done last month and I was fine. Well, lucky you. I was I, not. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I basically had like a miniature version of COVID and then a miniature version of the flu back to back. It was really neat. Uh, I had injection site pain because they were like, we're going to stick you one on each arm. And I was like, I don't like the sound of that, but OK. So I had severe injection site pain on the night after and I just could not get comfortable. But- Why would they do both? Well, I, I get it because you don't want both arms to uh, like they should have did it on like the same arm. Yeah, they should have done it both on one arm so that I could have at least slept on my side. But no, it's fine. What we're saying is you should go get your boosters, you filthy fucking animal. (laughs) Jay asked me why I did both. And if you didn't listen, look forward. I said it's because I was more willing to take the risk of a mild illness to the inconvenience of having to go back to the doctor's office to get the other one that I didn't get the first time around. (laughs) I don't know why anyone would not get both at the same time. Like... It's just, it's just more convenient. I mean, not from a illness standpoint, but you know, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's how that goes. But a three week break was interesting because we got to kind of sit back, right. And truly analyze the news <laughs> for what, for what matters, right? Like a lot of things happened in the last several weeks. We only had two news stories today because we only picked out the two stories that we thought were the most relevant. Uh, everything else was just like farts passing in the wind. Uh, blowing blowing by us. Uh, but what we do have to talk about is really what the show is ultimately about. And that, dear listeners, is video games and playing <laughs> video games. Uh, we have a lot of games to talk about on the show later today. But we'll get the, the filthy, stinky news out of the way first. And let's start with uh, truly filthy news. Yeah, let's let's truly what, what, what truly uh, had the had the. Uh, it's the word I'm looking for, Mike. I'm looking for a word that's like an all-encompassing, uh, like like you know, you know, not zeitgeist because zeitgeist is like a positive connotation word. It had the uh, the 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 pathos, yeah, of the uh, the industry for several days here. Yeah, what so, a time! What a time to be a fan of Bayonetta. It's <laughs> captivating. <laughs> So let's I, I guess the best way to do to cover to talk about this is to kind of just walk through the timeline of, of events. So two Sundays ago, uh, Helena Taylor, a British uh, voice actress, uh, went on Twitter and basically called out Platinum Games. Uh, Helena Taylor, for those of you who don't, don't, don't know, was the voice of Bayonetta in the first two games. Uh, but it was announced several months ago that she would not be reprising the role in game three. Uh, Platinum at the time cited uh, scheduling conflicts, saying that she was too busy um, and couldn't fit it in to reprise the role. And she said, that is bullshit, um, that Platinum Games uh, basically lowballed her uh, an offer. She said they only offer her $4,000 uh, to reprise the role. 
Um, she for the said entire that, game is how for the, this was framed. Yes, for the for the entire game, which is um, important. We'll get back to that. <laughs> it is it, very. It turns out it's very important. Um, she said that she, you know, she asked for a decent, dignified living wage. Those were those were her uh, words. She said what platinum did was illegal, uh, but it was immoral, and she basically called on fans of the game uh, to boycott the game uh, in solidarity and said donate the money that you would have spent on Bayonetta 3 uh, to charity instead, which I have to admit uh, was a bit uh, bit presumptuous to, to be like, hey, like get my back fans of this game and and boycott it a week before it comes out because, right. you know, because <laughs> mm. because I'm because I'm mad that I didn't get a good offer. hindsight being 2020. That was red flag number one. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So but here's the thing, you know. She she posted these, I think it was four videos in total to yes. her Twitter page. Um, again, very emotional speaking uh, directly to fans. Uh, and, this, you know, she's voiced Bayonetta since day one. She also voiced Bayonetta in um, Smash and whatnot. Like she's been the voice of, of Bayonetta up to mm-hmm. up to Bayo 3. Um, and, you know, obviously people like the game for fun gameplay but it's also bayonetta as a character is very captivating and helena taylor's performance is a large reason as to why people like that character um so at least from what i saw people were largely immediately on her side because it was like one what the fuck like you know we were told that you know this was a, a scheduling conflict and now you're telling us that you know platinum like wouldn't pay her any money and uh, I mean, the the issue of voice actors and voice talent at large um, not being paid enough for the work that they do mm-hmm. is another issue entirely that I will save for later. Well, <laughs> okay. I, I think I think it's it's best to cover that now, because I think the one okay. positive thing that came out of this initial salvo was that the conversation really didn't linger on Taylor specifically. Um, it no, really it did about- shift. Yeah, it really just shifts to like, wow, like, you know, voice actors are really uh, not compensated well in the industry, especially if this is like the going rate that they're going for. Um, There's a there was a famous case of the guy that voiced Nico um, in GTA four, like publicly complained a couple of years back about the fact that he, you know, he's like, yeah, I got paid really well for the game. I think he made like 100 grand. He made like six figures for that. Yeah. Yeah. But his point was, since he didn't make, um, uh, what the fuck is the word? Residuals. Residuals, yes, because because there are no residuals baked in the contract. Like GTA Four made, as Micah would say, goo gobs of money, and <laughs> and and all and all of this that the voice actor saw was the the initial paycheck for the you know job done, and and that was it. Even right. though like the the you know the thing went on, and I, I I guess the comparison is that like you know top Hollywood actors get uh, points. So, like, if the movie does well, they make more money uh, above and beyond their base salary. Um, I guess the and and I'm super interested, Micah, to get a lot of your takes on this, because I thought of you immediately as we were going through kind of this whole this whole shaman, because I know that you have an affinity uh, for for voice actors more than more than most folks do. Um, Like Tom Cruise being in your movie is going to get people to go see the movie that, you know, that might not have normally seen it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it drives people to the movie theater. I still, even after doing the research for the story, I still couldn't tell you off the top of my head the name of the voice actor for the guy in Grand Theft Auto 4. Like, I couldn't tell you 
I, I didn't know Helena Taylor's name before this story popped off. And yes, her performance of Bayonetta is a forming of the character. But I don't think that people were planning on getting Bayonetta 3 or skipping because Bayonetta 3. Because Right. Because they're like, well, you know, Jennifer Hale's no Helena Taylor. So I don't know if this is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, at this you know point, I mean? there's like you have a sort of a handful of voice actors that are sort of more known entities. Um, Matt Mercer pops immediately to mind and that's largely because of his work on critical role. Right. But like um, made Nolan more North, of a face and less of a voice. Yeah. Nolan um, North, Troy Baker, Jennifer Hale. Yeah. Like, like these Matt are all Bayley. people who are Bayley. Yeah. Ashley more Bailey. Yeah. Household names, you would argue in, in, in as right. far as like video game fans yeah. are concerned. Look, I um, I someone told me to watch all four of the videos, and the first three, I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm I understand what you're going through, and this is real like messed up. And then the fourth video, she starts quoting scripture, and like, oh yeah, no offense to my no offense to my co-hosts, but when white people start quoting scripture. <laughs> I That's don't fucking like when white people quote. Scripture. I'm about to say, am I, am I supposed to be as, am I supposed to be offended as a white person? Because I'm also an atheist, and I feel like yeah, I, I feel like saying, I feel like atheist is a bigger part of my personality than white guy at this point. Yeah, so, like, like when, I, when white people start quoting scripture, <laughs> nothing good comes of it, and and that immediately like that immediately sent up like my red flares, right? Like that, my spidey sense started tingling a bit, right? Well, here's um, the fun thing about Helena Taylor is um, she sucks as a person. <laughs> like that's that's the best part too is that like again removed, like like let's let's remove her from this scenario and take a look at what she's done otherwise. And what has she done otherwise is support Blue Lives Matter and be a transphobe and be a fucking bigot. Oh, see, like, I, didn't, I didn't know all that. Shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what. She I sucks. Now look, that's. Now look, that's not to say that that those people don't deserve to work, right? Like right. I'm not and saying like, that's that. That's the thing is, I saw a lot of people saying like, "Hey, you know, don't let the fact that Helena Taylor's a bigot and a transphobe detract from the fact that voice actors should still be making more money." Like both yeah, of these I, things <laughs> can both exist be true. simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, I do think that. Um, that that vocal performances um, mean a lot, uh, especially to narrative-driven games. Um, uh, you know, wh where would Naughty Dog be if it weren't for phenomenal vocal performances from all of their actors, right? Mm -hmm. Where would Kojima be without phenomenal performances from his actors? And... Right. Um, so yes, I, I think we all can agree that uh, voice actors deserve to be paid well. Um, this particular situation is, I mean, sticky wicked is an understatement, right? Like, <laughs> well, she, well, she, well, she's well, she's out here like you know, Bayonetta like grosses in the billions of dollars. I'm like, I'm going to need to see your, okay, see so, your research. <laughs> so, so let's get back to this. Let's get back to this timeline real quick. Right. Mm -hmm. Because she comes out with these videos. She says, platinum only offered me $4,000 to do the entire game. And then we have fucking Hideki Kamiya getting on Twitter <laughs> and acting like an immature buffoon about the whole thing. Here, like, here's how, here's how. Uh, so, so Hideki Kamiya, notoriously uh, 
a serial blocker. Like apparently if you tweeted him in English, you he get like an automatic him. block. Yeah. There were so he blocked so many people in in, in the in the wake of this and that Twitter, Twitter thought his account had been hacked. Yeah, well no, they thought it was a bot account. Oh. Like, like, so, so like like they temporarily suspended his account because they're like this isn't a real person like there's too yeah. many blocks happening in too short a period of time yeah so clearly this is a bot and not an actual account so hideki kamiya has his account suspended for blocking too many people all at once because everyone's tweeting at him because he's the face of platinum games as a company and then he had also tweeted uh and i quote sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth that's uh all i can tell now and look i know hideki kamiya has a vibe about him in terms of his how he talks to the press and how he talks to fans and whatnot but i think we can agree that the way that he chose to handle this with his public persona was um childish well it, it like, didn't what it he didn't help should have done didn't help their cause i don't know it didn't it didn't help it didn't make <laughs> platinum look any better at all in this situation um what he should have done was shut the fuck up and not say anything he should have logged off and not responded to the situation at all and let platinum's pr people handle this shit but instead he made himself and platinum games at large uh by extension look like a bunch of assholes mm-hmm. yeah he got and baited then, man. He, he, got, he got baited into it <laughs> well now now and, and the other as, thing as a side note to this jennifer hale well and, yeah that's where i was getting to that's where i was getting three, so. faced an enormous amount of backlash for having signed up to do a job for having the gall to accept employment how right. dare she how oh, dare she? We don't like we don't like Commander <laughs> Shepard anymore, guys. We don't like Commander Shepard anymore. Get out of here! Come on, so, come on, get out of here. Hale, who like put out her own statement, who basically just said, you know, I re- support every actor's right to be paid well. I have advocated consistently for this. Anyone who knows me knows that I have respect for my peers. I am under an NDA. I am not at liberty to speak anymore about this, but my, I feel like my reputation speaks for itself. So please keep that in mind. Um, and also keep in mind that this game has been created by an entire team of hardworking, dedicated people. And I hope that everyone will keep an open mind. I hope everyone involved in this resolves their differences in an amicable and respectful way. Jennifer Hale basically being like, I am above this. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm Jennifer. Like, like that's the best. That was the best part. And that was the that like Micah said when she started quoting scripture, like that was the that was the red flag to him. The red flag to me was she's like, oh, they fucking lowballed me. And I'm like, but wait a second. They, they hired, hired Jennifer, Jennifer Hale, Hale they, who is they hired, ostensibly a much bigger the, name. Yeah. They hired the 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 um the 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 goat when it comes to to <laughs> right. acting in this thing man like they hired the Meryl Streep of voice actors yo yeah like she's like, literally and she, been doing she, this since the eighties like what the fuck yeah are like you like like about? like if this if if they're if she's alleging that like they were cheaping out on the voice acting the fact that they then hired probably the most expensive female voice actor in the gaming industry Period. kind of like, runs counter to that to that narrative because I would I would imagine that her rate slightly higher uh than the alleged four thousand dollars than that that taylor was uh was doing so so this was the narrative for a couple days like like this this went out there in the ether and then jason schreier entered the chat (laughs) (laughs) here he comes here he comes so so jason schreier comes online and says that he has 
he has two sources uh, that dispute Taylor's claims. Um, he said that there's two people that are, quote, familiar with but unauthorized to discuss private contract negotiations. He said – and it wasn't clear if those were directly from Platinum Games himself. You can probably presume that they might be. Um, and the, the claim from them was that they sought to hire Taylor for five four-hour sessions five. paying – Three to four thousand dollars per session, right? Now, Not in total. Here, yeah. If, if he's offered four thousand dollars for minimum five sessions, that means that she's making at least twenty thousand dollars. Correct. For and, probably a month's worth of work. And not only that, but her counter offer. She's like, no, no, that's that's not good enough. Her counter offer reportedly uh, was to get a six figure salary and residuals. Yo, come on. On, yo. Top, on top of that shit as well. Is Which is like, yo. yeah, is right? So that's that's <laughs> that's what I said. But here's the thing is Helena Taylor, who has come out and um since admitted that well, well, uh, hold, 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 okay, hold there okay, real quick. Okay, yeah, okay, so right. before before we get there. So her response to the and, and by the way, VGC, um, which is another website, uh, not video game confab for those of you true OGs. Huh. Uh <laughs> Cool. Um, Brad, <laughs> that that that's a real deep cut for long that time, yeah. long time TNP listeners. Um, mm-hmm. they also corroborated the story independently, so like like right. they didn't follow up with Jason Schreier's sources. They're like, no, we have our own sources. They said exactly the same thing. So mm-hmm. basically, sure seems like that now the ball is in Taylor's court to be like, hey, you might need to show your work a little bit to be like, where does this shit come from? So right. she she responded to this report by saying it was quote categorically untrue. An absolute lie and a complete joke. So that that was that was her. She, like like she went with uh, she 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 was called out there like hey like people are saying that you're full of shit and and she chose indignance. Yeah, she she's basically doubled down and then and then she said, well, I want to put this in the rearview mirror. I want to leave this whole franchise behind. I'm going to let my video stand and I spoke the truth. Fast forward <laughs> to today. To today. <laughs> today we're here today. Yeah. On October 24th, 2K22. And, um, yep, she um, she admitted that she pulled this $4,000 figure out of her ass. Um, here, here's, she admits, here's, the best, here's the best part. She, she begins this statement with saying, as I posted on part three of my video thread, like, I clearly said that their no, first offer was too low, which was $10,000. And then when I said no... Uh, they they increased it by five and, and it's fifteen thousand dollars. And then they offered her a cameo role. Well, months later. 4, so, so like so yeah. like so like they're you know, she, you know, they said, hey, here's 15. She was like, no, they're like, all right, it's not going to work. No, no big deal. We'll recast the role. And then weeks later, they said, hey, like, we'd like to bring you in for one day to record some dialogue for the game as like a cameo appearance. And we'll pay you four grand for that. Yeah. And 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 I guess that's where the four thousand dollar number, yeah, came from. So she said, "I I heard nothing from them for eleven months. They then offered me a flat fee to voice some lines for four thousand dollars, and then she says any other lies such as four thousand for five sessions are total fabrications." And I'm like, "Bitch, you're the one who said that they only offered you four thousand for the entire game. Obviously, you would be t- doing the entire game as Bayonetta in more than a single session." Like, yeah, voice actors typically only work yeah. four to six hours at at most due to the amount of strain that goes into their voice. Um, so she's 
walking everything back and stumbling over herself big time in the process. Well, and this and, reminds me of um, this reminds me of like when um, when artists kind of uh, comic artists and creatives get pissed when like their creations end up in these MCU movies that are making like bajillions of dollars and they're not seeing any of it. And um, I understand the sour grapes, but like you kind of sign your performance over to the studio and should they offer you something? Should they offer you more? Should they, should they compensate you in some way? Yeah. But they're not necessarily obligated to. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, these companies, especially Japanese companies, you know, like they're not, well, Johnny, Johnny sent me a message. He said, you better believe if there was an AI robot that could voice Bayonetta and make it sound like Bayonetta, they would do it. Yes. Yeah. Because they, you know, like it's all about saving money and stuff. Right. Like, and even, even voice actors who are, um, household names to the role, like David Hayter still had to audition to be solid snake in all of the metal gears. Right. And, like you hear that and it's like, wait, what? Like, I can't imagine hearing another person's voice v- involving that character. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and yet, and yet we did. And well, you did. I didn't, <laughs> I couldn't play that game. I, 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 I also did. I also didn't play that game, but I've seen, I've seen cutscenes and stuff like that to, uh, <laughs> to see it. So, I so mean, here's, I, here's I, the I, other I, thing. Go, go ahead, Micah. I understand. Um, I understand the mentality, and I do think that um, vocal performances uh, are just as important as um, uh, just as an important part of the the game and developing a character, especially if your character is like a real character and not just like some some cipher. You know what I mean? But uh, I also understand that, like, you know, this is a business. And the dude that played Nico Bellic, he got paid handsomely. Yeah, it sucks that you're not like getting points on it, but you were you, you know that's this is the role that you signed up for. Uh, I hope that you can get paid better next time. But what Helena Taylor is doing is fucking lying. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and that make that don't that doesn't make anybody look good. Stop yeah. fucking lying. Speaking um, of lying. <laughs> may, may I may I point to her Twitter thread from the last 24 hours where mm-hmm. she said, um, uh, I as I posted on part three of my video thread, I explained that their first offer was too low. That offer was $10,000 total. And then she says, remember, this is a $450 million franchise, not counting merchandise. You're not entitled to anything. Fuck did that, where the fuck did that figure come from? Even if it's that's not a $450 right, even if million dollar franchise. So here's even if it is real, you're not entitled to any of it. Here, like, here is here's where people think that it came from. So basically, if you go to VG charts and you look at all the different versions of Bayonetta that have been released, and I'm not just talking about original releases, I'm talking about re-releases, I'm talking about the Bayonetta and Vanquish like anniversary bundle that came out. Yeah. Like if you look at all that shit. And then and you, you multiply that by 60. And you add yeah, you add the sales and then you multiply that by 60, it adds up to like 450 million. Cool. So, that is not how video games not at all work, how this works. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. That is not the value of the franchise. No. 
nor, nor, nor is it even accurate to how much revenue the franchise has generated because there ain't no fucking way that of the, what is it, like 5 million copies of Bay or 6 million copies of, Bay- of Bayonetta games sold lifetime that people paid $60 for all oh, of for them. For each of them, right. <laughs> right. That's not how this right. works. No, that's not. That's not how any of this works. You can get the you can get the first two for forty. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? So, and 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 as usual, like a <laughs> a a person comes out and makes an excellent point, but then completely shits on it by being a complete dickbag and and lying about it, which yeah. is now going to undermine other voice actors in the industry. It's going to undermine her because now like companies are probably going to look at her a little bit more warily before they hire her. Like, Oh, I don't, right. you know, like is she going to put all our shit out there? <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like she fucking blew up her own damn career here because she went from being the voice of Bayonetta to being known as someone who lied in an attempt to garner sympathy for reasons. I think we still, I still don't understand. Right. Like what, why? Like, why would someone go in public on their Twitter account and, like, what was the end game here? I'm desperate to know what the end game was here. She was probably just pissed. She was probably just pissed. Yeah. Like, like, like she's, she's seen all this hype around this game being built up because it's getting ready to come out. And she's probably been fucking seething like the meme of the fucking woman, like staring out the window with the scowl on her face and like getting pissed off. Like, I can't believe that everyone's and, and, so, and so she had to go piss, piss in people's fucking Cheerios basically to be like, yeah. you know, no, don't, don't enjoy this actually uh, because it hurt me personally. And that's, right. and that's, you know, that's, that's where we're coming from here. And it sucks. It sucks for, actual voice actors who deserve better compensation because now you can't like point to this and be like, Hey, look at this example. I'm like, no, she fucking locked her ass off. No. And I mean, if anything, yeah. like you said, she set, she set her entire industry back because now companies, you know, and like, I'm this is ain't, this ain't me caping for big companies, right? Like I said, like these companies are going, they're, they're really going to lowball actors now, unless you are a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. They're really going to lowball actors. I don't even and, know that um, it's them really going to lowball them because most voice actors are part of the SAG after union. And so like, there's a minimum union rate that they do have to be paid. Um, well, but they're it's, gonna start uh, there. well, <laughs> I feel like they probably already started there. So I don't know that things are going to change that much in that regard. Uh, it's, it's just the idea of, you know, she, she made voice actors at large kind of look bad here. Um, and uh, Jason Schreier made a, a really good point about all this as far as seeing the initial reaction to her series of videos on her Twitter and the sort of fervor that that caused. And then over the last week, there's been all of this more information and whatnot and less fervor from people, uh, you know, being like, it it seems like people are were immediately ready to be uh angry on behalf of Helena Taylor at Platinum but once the full truth came out and and the entire story and all the facts are laid out uh it seems like it seems like there are a lot of people who are uh less inclined to <laughs> walk back their initial reaction to uh Helena Taylor which which speaks 
I, I don't, and I don't need them to. Like, like I, I don't well, need anyone out here, like you know, throw themselves, you know, as Mike said, caping for a corporation. Like, right. Know, I mean, know. I, I do think though, you know, it, it speaks to the power of uh, an uh, emotionally driven video from a public video, a uh, public figure. Um, but yeah, ultimately, there are a lot of things that I think we learned from this that are all simultaneously true, even if they seem contradictory, like. Helena Taylor lied about the situation and is also a bigot. Um, two, Hideki Kamiya is a fucking dipshit of an individual who handled the situation extremely poorly in public, even for him. And three, voice actors really need to be paid more across the board. All of these things are true. Yeah, no arguments. No notes. Is, um, <laughs> is, this, a, um, is this the first... Is this one of the... When was the last instance... Mm-hmm. Of uh, a white woman weaponizing her tears and and the shit backfired. <laughs> You're saying the first ever instance of, of a white woman receiving comeuppance. Yeah, like 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 when was the last? What I think the last one was. Uh, I don't know. Did, that did, woman, did, that did Liz trust choking that dog? Did, did, Liz, did Liz trust try, cry for, at any point over the past uh, eight weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. Uh yeah, man. Just I I think I think we've exhausted it. Yeah. I think we've exhausted it. Um, I, I was exhausted after after living through all that <laughs> for, for, for the last week. It was it was quite the uh quite the shitstorm. Um speaking of shitstorms, uh G four, <laughs> the new G four, the resurrected G four, uh did not even make it one year. Um and there's a I'm- big there's a major reason why. There's a major reason why it's because they ran the fucker like a TV network instead of what we said on this show. We called this when they brought it back. They're like, oh, look, if they're bringing it back and they're going to run it, you know, through Twitch and they're going to run it through YouTube and they're going to generate revenue as content creators. Then, yes, that can definitely work in 2022. And then fucking Universal was like, you know what? Like, let's run this like a traditional TV network. Let's have 200 employees. Let's let's have some talent on the show that had a daily rate of like 20 to twenty five thousand dollars reportedly for some of the folks that are uh, that work there that were on air talent. And 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 then be shocked, like like get Pikachu faced when the fucking ad revenue is not coming in like we thought it would uh, uh-huh. because, you know, this it's fucking 2022. Why do you think that? this channel that failed on cable back when cable was more popular is going to all of a sudden like be, <laughs> be, be better. Yeah, now. If, it, it failed before, uh, before all of this like shit was so ubiquitous. Like, like no one is, I, I didn't, I don't even know what channel it was on. It, like, it had I, its I, own I, channel. Like, the, the, like yeah. I have a G4 channel on YouTube TV. That's still there. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I didn't know what channel was. I didn't realize it was a fucking channel channel. Yeah. I thought it was just like like well, I knew it was a channel channel. I didn't know where it was in my channel lineup because it's like, like but but also you're not you're right. not consuming that content like that anymore. You're just not right. like I certainly don't like all the G4 shit that I watched. None of it was on the G4 TV network. All of it was, was on it, YouTube or Twitch. Was it simulcast? Was no. it was it like it, it wasn't even simulcast? No, they so aired they like, aired it like traditional. They they aired it like a traditional like like it's not like they had live TV. Like like if, if they did anything live, that was through streaming. And then they would just air 
you know, the recorded content on the TV channel. And like reruns of their yeah. of their YouTube stuff, basically, yeah. <laughs> Yo, come on, yeah. man. And and so and that's that's the part that missed me is that like, how did you and and like their their streaming numbers were good, like 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 their traffic on Twitch and YouTube was fine. Like their like the the amount of views they had for their stuff was perfectly good, perfectly sustainable. Not at a company of two hundred people, and not when you're paying. And, and again, it's not reported as to who. Where it was getting like a twenty five thousand dollar daily rate, but I would imagine that like your you know Austin Creeds probably were in in that you know in that range and and people of that sorts. But like when you're paying people that type type of money, and you're gonna be surprised when you can't fucking turn a profit when you can't be lucrative and sustainable. Like what the fuck? Like like you set yourself up for failure from the get go. I'm surprised it lasted almost a year. Surprised you weren't dead in the water in six months. I want to know who was asking for twenty five thousand dollars. Oh no, not asking for being given. Like, like, like. I'm pretty sure they were just like writing it into the contract. Be like, oh yeah, like this is your rate. Cool, no problem. We got you. It's not like it's not like they were there five days a week, but I mean, still, like paying that much money for someone to come in and you know do a do a four hour spot. It's a lot of fucking cash. So. Yeah, you, you're right. This could have worked if they just like I watched some of the X Play stuff, and and um, that's really about it. Uh, I I tried watching some of the like the other stuff that the other hosts do, and I'm like I, I'm I'm this is out of my age bracket, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm too old for I'm too old for all this stuff. But the X Play stuff I did find interesting, especially like the long form discussions on video games, or you know, twenty minute reviews that like. Mm-hmm took their time i i enjoyed stuff like that if you if you just kept it at at content creation uh and use the internet as your platform that would have been fine yeah uh, you'd have been great but a whole tv network like and i have to imagine that i mean they they got to be playing like old ninja warrior or shit like that right because you're not gonna <laughs> they weren't generating enough content to to rerun you know you know uh, you know the stuff that that was that built their content package alongside of like the g4 original stuff they were basically running youtube creators like like they had like scott the waz you know shit on there so they have like a half an hour of scott the waz videos that people are already watching on youtube and they have like right. you know like viva la dirt league stuff on there that people are already watching on youtube and like they're like ah surely people tune into cable for this i'm just like what that's <laughs> <laughs> not how this works like what 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 is this fucking like old old man mentality that you have here that you're just like ah we're we're we're, we're committed to the, the typical cable broadcast style like what the fuck especially when like especially when like everything everything is like Let's cut the cord. Everybody is like, let's cut the cord. Let's cut the cord. Only old people like me are still have, you know, a traditional cable. Right. And you're old. I I just want to watch live sports, man. Like, right. And, but when, when that is the mentality, especially with like this generation, especially because they're like, they're supposed to be tech people. They're supposed to be people in the industry. I just this thing. You're right. I am shocked that it lasted 11 months and didn't didn't make it. You know, it yeah. made it past six. Also, can we just can we just 
uh, put this to bed right now. Th- that that woman saying what she said did not no, kill not, this. Not even a little bit. It it, it, like, it, 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 it it made the people mad that were already being mad on the internet at G four. You know what I mean? Like, right. like it's it's not it's not it didn't change it didn't it didn't change anything. And of course, because every company in the video game industry sucks ass tremendously nowadays, uh, they released this memo on a Sunday night. Wario sixty four gets a hold of it and and tweets it out. And this is how like the majority of people that worked at G four found out that the network was dead is through through a, a Wario sixty four tweet of this memo Jeez. that went out on a Sunday night. Amazing to all their associates. Bravo fucking comcast you pieces of shit so what else good is new? lord <laughs> have a fucking meeting on a friday for christ's sake like you didn't make this decision on sunday afternoon and we're like we gotta we gotta get a a press release out there like it's probably you probably knew fucking knew about it for weeks get the fuck yeah, out that's of here. fucked up man you don't you don't find somebody on a sunday dude like <laughs> it's just yeah so look, I hope uh I hope everybody that's decent over there gets um gets uh gets work. Um I, yeah. I never see, I never like to see people lose their jobs. Um Yeah, I just uh I don't know, man. I don't know. It was nice seeing Adam Sessler back. Um Yeah, that's basically around. it. It's yeah. like that's <laughs> that's all I ever I, thought I, about it. It's just like, man, it's nice to see Sessler doing something again. Yeah, everybody That's, else, uh, I didn't really, I didn't really care for. I like that one black dude. That one black dude was the the husky black dude. He was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the black dude with the fro, and the, and the big and the big the big white dude. Like the, those three, when they worked together, they were really good. But um, everyone else, I you know, go 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 find another job, yeah. land on your feet, get out of here. So. Uh, Rest in peace, G four, for good this time. <laughs> yeah. Please, I don't, I, this time. I don't. I don't think it's getting zombified. We have anymore. So society has moved past the need for G four a long time before they even ever brought it back. True. Yeah. We have Twitch and YouTube believe- now, bitch. We, we don't need this shit anymore. I couldn't believe it when they said they were bringing G four back, and but, I couldn't believe how I, people were excited for it. But again, like, there there is there is a place. For it, it just isn't on a cable network. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's just like every other. It's just like every other. Like it could just be another version of what we all have, right? Like, like that would be like you know IGN having a cable network, right? Like it doesn't. I don't know. Big companies, yeah. they they're stupid, man. They're stupid. Well, and and, and again, to, to underscore to underscore the point, they're like, oh, well, you know, surely like this is the only way you could have a truly professional upscale thing. Kind of funny, just rolled out their new studio two weeks ago. It looks as good, if not better, than anything that fucking G four is going on. And that company has like eight people in it. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Stop letting stop letting rich people tell you how to how to get like i don't i don't understand how how like ceos and shit like they just are rich like they just got a bunch of bad ideas yeah you know you know know how you know how they're rich because they don't spend money that's how like you you, 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 didn't no one ever made money by spending it they get their money and then they hang on to it pass it on to their kids oh shit um all right discord 
go to densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, join us. Um, talk about a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, I've been seeing uh, the F1 channel getting a lot of uh, play recently. Um, I've been seeing the uh, Premier League channel get a lot of play recently. And uh, any gaming news or opinions that you want to have, uh, you can throw them up there at densepixels.com slash fans. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels, not youtube.com slash G4, because that shit is probably <laughs> gone by now. Um, go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. Click the bell notification icon and uh, click the thumbs up icon. Um, you can uh, you can see me in my new camera position. And uh, you can see uh, Brad and and his uh, dim lighting. And you can see Carrie and her spotlighting uh, on her no. face. Looking washed out <laughs> as ever. About say, if, I, if, I, if, I cr- if I crank the lights up more, you'll just see the light reflected off my forehead, which is not, <laughs> not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal. Uh, subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, including Black on Black Cinema, uh, the Nerdpocalypse, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And go to densepixels.com slash premium. For $5 a month or $50 for the full year, you get access to our backlog of premium content, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversation, and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast that is new every single week. And live tomorrow. Uh, we're we're going yeah, to be say, live covering you- the uh, Fetterman Oz debate in Ooh. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be covering fucking Tyson Fury versus oh, uh, Nick boy. Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> should be should be very exciting. Um, you know, shout shout out to Philadelphia for uh, contributing to our season of depression in Major League Baseball as we have to live with the worst World Series. So. <laughs> Who is it? Philly and, Phil, Phil, and the Astros. Philly yeah. Astros. Like man, like bitch, I fucking guess I'll root for the Phillies. Like I hate No, you the won't. You fucking hate the Phillies. Yeah, but I think I hate the Astros. And you more. hate and you hate Bryce Harper. You don't want to see Bryce Harper win. That 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 would that would uh justify his leaving, even even that you guys won after he left. So yeah, we sure did. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm watching to... hockey. I don't that, give a shit. Who wins. That's, that's true. I might have to root for the cheaters because Philadelphia is in the fucking Super uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. (laughs) That's how much I don't give a fuck about baseball. Yeah. Caps Caps are up six to three. Right. They are up six to three. It is. is, They are uh, just obliterating New Jersey. Yeah. Uh. The rest of the show is going to be us talking about video games because I've been playing a lot of video games. Carrie has revisited uh, an old favorite for some reason. Um. But let, let's let's start with what is currently uh, taking the games playing uh, folks by storm out there. That's a little mobile game uh, that just came out a couple weeks ago called Marvel Snap. You know what you're thinking, Brad? You're playing a Marvel game? I am playing a Marvel game because it's actually a card game that's more like a board game. And so that, yeah. that immediately has me has me interested. So uh, Marvel Snap and, and, and actually one of the other games I'm going to talk about is also a lane based card game uh which you don't often see too much anymore um uh there's a game called artifact that valve released that was based on dota uh that was the last kind of prominent one in the video games industry um but marvel snap is a card game uh it's being made by the former director of hearthstone 
And as soon as I booted it up and started playing it and playing a match, I'm like, oh, yes, you could absolutely see the Hearthstone uh, <laughs> Hearthstone coming through in this game. But here's why Marvel Snap is cool. So Marvel Snap is a 1v1 card game that only lasts for six turns. And each turn, like you have, like you start the first turn with one energy to play cards, and the next turn you get two and three and, and so on. And you have a hand of cards that's that comes from your deck of only 12 cards. And the deck, not only do you have only 12 cards in the deck, but they all have to be unique. So like you'd pick 12 different cards. And so each turn, um, you're going to use your energy to play your cards into one of three locations that are on the board. And, and the each card has a cost, but it also has a power level, and they contribute their power to that location. And when the game ends, whichever player has the most power at each location wins that location, and your goal is to win two out of three, at least, or, or, or all three if possible by the time the game ends. Now, of course, this being a card game, um, all of the, I should say most of the cards have unique abilities associated with them. And that's kind of where the deck building aspect comes in because you want to build a deck that synergizes well with, with each of the abilities and has kind of a, a mix of costs uh, in there so that you can you know, make sure that you're playing stuff you draw. It doesn't do you any good to have a deck full of five and six cost cards because you're not going to be able to play those till the end of the game and you're only going to get to play you know, one each essentially as you go through. Um, like some of the cards have effects that power that, you know, do something cool when they get flipped over. Cause that's the other thing too. your opponent and you play cards simultaneously and then they get revealed at the same time. So you don't know what your opponent is going to play each round until you've also played your cards. Um, so like there's some cards that have effects when they get revealed. Um, there's some cards that get effects uh, that are ongoing as long as they're in the field of play. Um, there's some cards that just have like different quirky things they can do. The thing that's cool about this is that if you're a Marvel fan, most of the card effects make sense. Like, like they, they fit well to the characters. So like Nightcrawler, for example, can move from one location to the other once he's already been played, which pull, which cards normally can't do. Um, uh, the Punisher like gets extra power. The more cards your opponent has on their side of the location that he is sitting at essentially. Um, and, and so that's like very thematic. Like when you play blade blade is a three power card and he only costs one, which is very cheap for a card that costs three power, but he also destroys a card that's in your hand. So he slices a card that's in your hand and, and you can't play that card for the rest of the game. But there are cards that get powerful when they get destroyed. So like they're like, you can build a deck that kind of synergizes of, you know, like having blade and you know, it's going to destroy hopefully this apocalypse card. And when apocalypse gets destroyed, he actually comes back, but he has six more power than he did before. So then you get, when you play him later in the game, he's even more powerful uh, than he was previously. So adding to this is the fact that each of the locations also has a special ability uh, that's randomized because um, there's like a slew of locations that you can possibly get in a certain game that will also affect how the cards play. Like some of them give bonuses to cards. Some of them make cards cost more. There's some really wacky shit in there as well. The thing that I like the most about this game, though, is it has this like poker kind of uh, mechanic in the game where you're playing for. Uh, cosmic cube essentially. And, and that's how you rank up and move through the different levels. And the default, if you go through the whole game is you'll get two cosmic cubes. And if you lose, you'll lose two cosmic cubes and, and each rank has 10 essentially. So like when you get 10 cosmic cubes, you rank up and if you lose them, then, you know, you can rank down as well. Each player once during the game can snap the cosmic cube. And basically that's like them saying, 
I think I'm going to win this game. And so I'm going to double what the cosmic, you know, the cosmic cube payout at the end of the game. And so the other player can either, you know, accept that or they can cut their losses and retreat. So like you can like you can scare them off if they're like, ah, my hand is kind of shit. If my opponent thinks he's actually going to win, like I'll actually back out because obviously if you retreat before the before the cosmic cube like grows in power, your losses are lower. So like you're, you're kind of mitigating what you would lose if you don't think you're going to win. Um, and that's really cool because if you're also playing from a losing position, you could try to bluff your opponent into leaving the game thinking that you, you have some cool trick up your sleeve when in fact you have a bunch of shit <laughs> that you're trying, that you're trying to, uh, to, you know, to, to fade with him on. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been really fun playing this game. I put an embarrassing amount of time into it, uh, over the last several days. I got to say, I, um, I, I am playing Marvel snap and I know what you're saying. You're playing a card game, but no, it's a, it's a Marvel game. That's got cards in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how I see it. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, I, I, I downloaded it today and, um, it's going to be a bit of a problem. (laughs) (laughs) So it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I, I really, I really enjoy it. I, I, um, the, some of my matches have been tense. I don't know. My deck doesn't feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like a really good deck. Right? Well, you, ha- but- you have to you have to unlock more cards so that you can have more options so that you can build different. Like I have three different decks, and they're all kind of themed around different mechanics. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I only have uh, two decks. Uh, a lot of the cards, you know, are shared in the decks. So I don't have a lot of cards, but I have had. Uh, some very fun matches that I think are going that I think, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm probably going to lose this. And then Mm -hmm. on turn six, like I get like, they put their card in the wrong location. And I'm just like, holy (laughs) shit, bro. Like I fucking got it. Right. Like, like you put an iron, like someone puts an iron man in the wrong location and, and and it doubles the wrong one like they're focused on this but i'm focused on trying to to like it's a lot of it's it's skill based and it's just the right amount of luck for it mm-hmm. to not feel uh um like like you're getting you screwed over mm-hmm. right so yeah it's fun man i haven't um i, I haven't put a lot of time into it uh, I haven't experienced, you know, the 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 whole like wagering mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, I'm still trying to just like build up cards or you know get more cards and 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 stuff like that. I'm only like rank six or, or mm-hmm. seven. Um, yeah, I'm at thirty. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm ranked thirty four right now. So. <laughs> And that's and that's low because like it goes all the way up to a hundred to get to like the to, to get to ultimate. Um, <laughs> being being as is a free to play card game, um, we should talk about the the monetization and the grind. So there is so credits are what you use to upgrade your cards, and the important thing to note here is when you upgrade your card, you're not making the card better. You're just upgrading the visuals. Like like it's just an upgrade for you. And what that also does is it adds uh, uh, points to your collection rank. 
and your collection rank is how you has how you unlock new cards essentially. So like the collection rank is this is this never ending meter that you know every like every you know three levels like you get you know a new card and then you get um uh some thing some currency to upgrade your cards and then you get more credits and that's kind of the repeating pattern as you go up the collection rank thing. Um the higher car the higher you rank your cards up uh, the the more collection ranks you gain, if that makes sense. Like upgrading a common card to uncommon gets you one rank, but if you upgrade to like a legendary, you get six ranks. So like it, like the the more the, the higher you grow your cards, the better off you'll be. Um, so it's not really pay to win. Um, and you can you can buy. So they have gold in the game as well. So there's two things that gold can be spent on. You can either spend gold to buy credits. Uh, rather smartly, they limit you to how many times you can do that per day. So like per day, you can spend a maximum of, I think like 500 gold to buy credits and then you're stuck for the next 24 hours. Like you can't unlock anything, which I think is good that they have that in there. And then the other thing uh, that gold lets you buy is variant versions of cards that you already own. So like they have like pixelized versions, they have like these like, you know, hand drawn or not, obviously they're all hand drawn, but like they have these like uh, kind of like lo-fi versions of cards. They have like baby versions of some of the cards, but importantly, they're, they're the only time, the only cards you'll see of those in the shop are cards that you already have. So like you can't get a new powerful card by paying gold. You can only get another version of something that you already have um, in your deck, uh, which is also good. Um they do have a season pass model, which has like missions and shit like that, that you can do like daily logins. And then they have seasonal missions as well. Um, what I think is cool is they have a free season pass that you have to complete before you unlock the actual season pass. So like my, so like Micah, the season pass that you're in, that's just like the, Hey, make sure you like this game before you spend any money season pass. And then yeah. once you unlock, um, once you go through the 20 levels of that, then you get to the actual, Season pass for, and this season is the symbiote, the symbiote season. So there's a whole bunch of like Spider-Man themed stuff that you can get. Um, I haven't bought the season pass yet. I'll dip into the, uh, the post office. Um, and Cam asked, how much money has I, have I spent, uh, in Marvel Snap so far? The answer, Cam, believe it or not, is zero dollars. I have not spent a red cent, uh, so far in this game. Um, I think I might at least buy the, like the welcome pack, which is $3. It gives you a Captain America card and 700 gold, um, which is enough to buy one of the variant cards. Um, even though I'll probably just buy credits with it. Cause I'd rather upgrade <laughs> the cards that I have rather than get the variants. Um, and then the season pass is $10. I think I'll wait till I'll, I'll wait to see what that'll actually get me at the end of the season. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like right now I'm ranking up through the season pass and a lot of the rewards are locked because I don't have the premium season pass, but I can unlock it at any time and get all that stuff retroactively. Yeah. So it might, it might make more sense to kind of wait and see what will I actually get from this um, before I decide to spend the, spend the $10. But I'm, it, it doesn't um, seem the, the, the point is the monetization doesn't appear bad and the progression also doesn't appear bad as long as you're not the type of person that's going to sit there and play for four hours every day. Cause then it's slow. Then it's slow. Yeah. It, I mean, it feels like the way I play mobile games, this feels perfect. Mm -hmm. um, as far as I can tell, there's no like, well, you ran out of energy, so you can't play until you refill or you can buy more energy. Like it feels like you can just play. Mm -hmm. 
um, which is great. Uh, the cost of things doesn't appear to be egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the welcome pack being $3 like that. I mean, that's gotta be like a special, right? It like, is. Because, yeah, it is. Yeah. That, that seems, that seems ridiculously low. Um, but 10 bucks for a season pass. I mean, I, it feels, it feels right. Um, and it's not like in your face, right? There's not yeah. a bunch of pop-ups saying, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this. Like you have to seek it out. So uh, just to give you, just to give you the lay of the land. So again, to, to buy the variant cards, um, it costs 700 gold and that's $10, which seems like a lot. If you're going to buy the variant cards, I, I will admit. Yeah. I don't, I don't need, I don't need a, a pixel iron man that bad. <laughs> <laughs> like who, who cares? Yeah. But what but I but yeah. what I'm what I'm happy about is that it's not like that stuff is just for you. Like if you want to spend the ten dollars to get, like you said, like baby baby Captain America or whatever. Like if you see that card and you're like, oh, I gotta have it. That's just for you. It doesn't actually help you in the game, which I think is the the more important thing. Like I'd be upset if it was pay to win. The only way it kind of approaches that is again, the more money you pay, the more credits you can get, which means you can upgrade your cards faster. But they still kind of gate you as in terms of how many how many credits you can buy on a daily basis, which is also good and also helpful to curb people uh, from overspending, at least on progression in the game. Like if you want to spend on variants, I guess that's your prerogative. So, <laughs> but it's it's fun. Um, I know a few of you in the Discord are playing it right now. Uh, that's the only thing that is kind of a bummer is that you can't match up with friends on purpose. Like it's literally just when you go in and play, it's just it's, you're just playing against a random opponent. So. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That kind of sucks. But uh, at the same time, like, I don't, I don't need to be losing to you people in the Discord. Like, yeah, I, I don't, but I, I don't. Need, I don't but I, I could, see, I could see down the road, like they have like an unranked, you know, mode that you can play where you can, where you can match up with friends. So that would be, that would be nice. I think we'll see. Uh, I'm very. Uh, look, I, I'm surprised that I like this game. I, I, I really am. Um, and all it had to do because I'm a basic bitch, all it had to do was, uh, you know, add a mainstream motif to it. Yeah. Cause I guarantee you, if this was, you know, if these were just like elves or some shit, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't know anywhere near it, but the, uh, the, the art, the art is very nice. And I, and I, and, and I like, like every time you level up your card, uh, you add like a different visual effect to the card. So like when you first upgrade a card, the card, like you know, pops, uh, like, like, it, like it ignores the frame of the card. So like, you'll have visual aspects that'll exist outside the frame. And then the next level, it makes it 3d. And then the next level, it makes it animated. And then the next level up gives you a shiny nameplate on, on, on the bottom. So like, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's very lizard, bl- lizard brain stuff. Uh, but still <laughs> very cool. Uh, Carrie um, for some godforsaken reason. Yeah. Um, while me, while me and Mike are out here experiencing, uh, the best that free-to-play mobile card games has to offer. Uh, you are playing a seven-year-old game that's about to get a next-generation update, but you don't care about that because you're playing it on PC. Yeah, I'm playing Fallout 4 again. What brought this Which, To be fair, uh, I played through when it came out in 2015. I played through all the DLCs when those came out. And then I didn't touch it again after 2016. And Fallout as a franchise just celebrated its 25th anniversary. And it just sort of 
you know, that that news sort of gave me like the itch. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really want to play Vegas again. I love New Vegas. I still think New Vegas is far and away the best of the modern fallouts. It's really not even close. Um, But like I've played New Vegas fairly frequently over Mm -hmm. the last several years. And I've even gone back to three a couple of times. And I was between three and four. Mm-hmm. And I thought about how much of a fucking slog the intro to three is. Because you have to, you start as a kid in the vault, you got to do all that dumb shit in Vault 101. And I was like, nah, that sucks. Wait, that's not, that's not normal. Like, you don't start every Fallout game in the vault for two hours? Two hours? Isn't no. that how long the intro for three for three was? It's, it's been a I long mean, no, time since I played that's, it. That's how long the intro to three. It takes forever yeah. to get out of the vault in three. And I was like, dude, I don't want to fucking do that. I just want the bombs to fall and then for me to like be in the wasteland. So that's what I did. And I picked up four again. Because again, it's like I had played three more recently than I had played four. So I go back to four. And I, I, I'm, having, I'm having a fun time. Um, again, I hadn't played it in six years, so there's a lot of stuff that feels very fresh to me. I remember the, the main plot. Um, I remember which companions I really liked and why I liked them. Um, and, uh, so I've been trying to spend some time with some slightly different companions. Um, Mm -hmm. though I still ended up with McCready because he has the best perk, but that means that I have to listen to fucking Matt Mercer in my ear. The entire time I'm playing this game. <laughs> why? So why does why why is four considered the lesser of the three like three like the three open world ones that have come out? I not, think a not lot of it is just <laughs> <laughs> which is a whole different thing. <laughs> Here's the thing: I looked at seventy six and I was like, for a split second, I was like, I could reinstall this, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing that to myself. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, the, it feels, the story feels very inconsequential. Mm. Um, uh, also it's really the first one where like your character is sort of voiced, um, which like, I I don't hate, um, as someone who typically leans really hard into like charisma builds, it's like, I would rather talk myself out of a, out of a conflict than shoot myself out of one. Um, and th- there's no, there's no real benefit to taking a ton of charisma because you can quick save on every charisma check and just keep hitting the same button and loading back in until you get through. You can just brute force your way through every single charisma check in the game, which really defeats the purpose of ever taking any fucking charisma points. Um, so I don't love that as someone who always otherwise leans real hard into charisma, um yeah i mean it's sort of no matter what you do at the end of the game like you have three main factions you have the institute the brotherhood of steel and the railroad and really no matter what you do the state of the commonwealth is sort of the same afterwards um first time i played through i went institute ending this time i'm going brotherhood of steel just to do something something a little different those guys are assholes fascism baby those guys are awful <laughs> just the worst but uh you know i'm i'm just trying to do something different um it's like i i really want to do the railroad part of me like in my heart of hearts i want to do the railroad but they're just like 
the the leader of the the railroad is such a bitch and i just i can't deal with her man it's just like the railroad is otherwise like the perfect faction they're like we have to like get these synths out of here like the synths that want to leave the institute should be able to lead their lives you know they the institute treats them basically as slave labor um you know they probably shouldn't be have been made in the first place but you know these are autonomous beings and we should allow them to you know get out of the commonwealth and get out of the thumb of the institute and i'm like yeah i am all about that and then they're also like led by the the most the single most unlikable npc in any of (laughs) in any fallout game i think i've ever uh played um yeah god desdemona is just the worst i fucking hate her so i I just i can't bring myself to support the railroad (laughs) because i fucking hate desdemona um but I'm doing I'm doing the Brotherhood because um, I I really ignored them the first time I played through so that that angle feels very very fresh and different so it almost feels like I'm playing a different game um, yeah I don't know man it's gonna be another fucking eight years before we get a new Fallout game uh, uh, I don't know like like uh, I, I Bethesda's weird now like I I almost expect Fallout Five. Before Elder Scrolls Six comes out, for some reason, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. I, I don't. I don't truly think that'll happen. But it also, like, yeah, if Todd was like, "Psych, me. this is happening first, I'm like, "Well, that makes sense, I guess." Yeah, it it truly wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm having fun. I don't know what really spurred me to do it besides just being like, "Oh yeah, the 25th anniversary," and yep. I haven't really had that many other games come out recently that I've really wanted to pick up and play. Otherwise it's like, I'm still, I'm still playing monster hunter. I'm still playing FF 14, but I think I just needed like a, a big single player game to chew on for a while. So fallout four it was, um, but I'm having fun. Um, the, the game has, it's still it is still a bethesda game so (laughs) it is there are still so many things in this game that inadvertently make me laugh i had an instance where i was running running with mccready running with my boy matt mercer lord masamune whatever you want to call him um if you wonder why i refer to matt mercer as lord masamune it's because back in the early aughts he was a cosplayer and he was like the sephiroth cosplayer in the cosplay scene at large like he was the fucking guy and his online handle on cosplay.com was lord masamune and i knew him as lord masamune before i knew him as matt mercer fucking king of the nerds and and now whenever i see him in i've called him lord masamune to his face before and i briefly saw his soul leave his body but I'm running with with his character in the game McCready, and I'm like, there was a base on like a highway overpass, and I, being a smart person, took the lift down to ground level, and I'm like, finishing up this quest, and then I see McCready fall from the top of my screen immediately <laughs> to the bottom, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> doing more than enough damage to the character to shatter both of his legs. So I just see McCready fall and then the voice line, 
ah, shot my knee out. And I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. I needed to pause the game and take a walk. Like, it was the funniest shit. So, yeah, Fallout 4, as a Fallout game is concerned, it's okay. It's still not as, you know, I still don't think it's as good as New Vegas. But it is providing me with... um one, I do think Fallout 4 has like the best combat of any of the contemporary Fallouts. But two, typical Bethesda buffoonery uh, that I think something in my soul really needed right about now. So, <laughs> Well, that, that's a plausible explanation as to why you decided to pick up the milk toast of Fallout games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, go to, uh, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. Uh, I'm going to densepixels.com, uh, slash Amazon right now. And I'm typing in fallout and I, uh, see that there is one piece of fallout merchandise merchandise that you need to own. Uh, it is the 2018 mission impossible fallout. Uh, that's the only fallout that I give a damn about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait 20 2018 that movie's been out for four years already yeah jesus yeah. christ i feel like it just came out it's, it's still, it's still uh here's the thing mind. the last three years have been six months so that's that's that's, that's also true it's also true <laughs> i think i think again as, as as you would know if you uh if you listen to men of the golden tongues uh road nation still a little bit better but fallout is a solid like 1a in terms of the the Mission Impossible. Yeah, memory, Fallout's, so. Fallout's fun. Rogue Nation is is better. Um, but like Fallout has like Superman cocking his arms, right? Like <laughs> that's true. He does fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go to densepieces.com slash Amazon and um and uh get yourself uh some Fallout stuff. Uh but first get Mission Impossible Fallout. Although you can probably like find it legally everywhere. Um, yeah. because the movie's been out for four years. Um, yeah, I need those other Mission Impossible movies that are up to come out. I haven't seen uh, a single Mission Impossible movie. That's insane. They're fun, man. They're yeah. fun. I mean, look, I'm also the person who hasn't seen a single Fast and Furious, so. see, I mean, they're dumb fun. Like I said, it, so if, 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 you, if you don't want to watch all of them, which I don't think you have to, the ones I'd recommend you watch are one, five, six, and then if you and then if you enjoy yourself after that, and you're in for a laugh, go back and watch Mission Impossible Two. Okay, Mission so like I, I also like I genuinely think that there needs to be like a sub podcast here where you ding dongs just tell me an old action movie that I need to watch that I haven't seen before, and then I give my honest first impression this this is an amazing idea like 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 this is like <laughs> this is like no time to bleed but just like you know inter- like like making carrie watch no time to bleed movies like we can almost <laughs> we can almost go to the no time to bleed catalog and just like kind of start working through it yeah um, you ever see demolition man no oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like i'm telling you i'm like I feel feel like you've just sparked the potential for another premium (laughs) premium premium content podcast (laughs) Two two action movie savants uh, walk, walk baby action movie watcher through the the classic (laughs) action 
films of the fucking 80s, 90s and today. Yeah. So holy shit. It's awesome. Um, Because there isn't a card based game that I won't play. Um, I've been, I, I finally have been playing inscription because I have a PC ostensibly now, so I can, I can play these games. Um, I know it came out on PS4, but I can't imagine playing this game without some kind of a mouse. Um, cause mm. it's kind of designed for it. Um, I want to say so much about inscription cause I'm, I'm, I've put like 20 hours or like 15 hours into the game so far and so many things have happened. But I can't talk about any of it on the off chance that any of you listening play it because I would feel so bad uh, if I spoiled any of the things that happened in this game because for a fucking roguelike deck builder, uh, it sure has some crazy shit going on (laughs) inside of Inscription and it has some very just like unexpected wild meta crazy stuff like 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 this game was all the buzz on a lot of the podcasts that I listened to when he came out last year. And I, and, but the, the constant refrain that I heard from it uh, was avoid spoilers. If you ever plan on playing this game. And after having played through, I'd have to imagine most of it now at this point, I feel like I'm getting near the end, whatever that means. Um, I agree. Yes. (laughs) Like like if if you ever think you might want to play inscription, don't read anything about it. Um, Here's what I will say. Uh, It is a roguelike deck builder. It's got a really weird fucking theme. Uh, This is also a lane driven card game where like you play cards into a lane and like the cards will attack the card that is directly opposite from them. Like if if there's another card or if there is no card, then it attacks your opponent and you're trying to cause five more hit points of damage to your opponent than they do to you. Basically, like every time you deal damage to your opponent, there's this scale and it can go back and forth as your opponent deals damage to you. And you're trying to basically get to plus five um, to win the match as you go along. And it has a very similar style to like Slay the Spire where you have, you know, this map that you're going on and there's multiple paths that you can choose as you go. And some of the paths give you like card upgrades and let you add new cards to your deck um, and lets you like buff the cards that you currently have in your deck and things of that nature. Um, the other thing that's cool about this game is that there's an escape room motif that goes along with it as well. Um, because of the plot of the game, uh, you are your character um, is kind of in this cabin and there's no way to escape. Like you just have to play this card game against this mysterious uh, person who's holding you captive that you can't see. Uh, but if you, but you can walk around the cabin freely. Like you can literally, like as you're playing the game, you can literally get up from the table and go walk around the cabin. And there's stuff that you can interact with in the cabin. And again, it's very like escape roomy, which is neat. Mm. Um, and that ties into the story as well. And that's really all I can say about it. <laughs> because again, like this, it's, this game goes, goes some fucking places. It fucking goes to places that you would never expect it to go just from the onset. The downside to this, and, and I will preface this, you have to like the card game that is the driving force because that it is the driving force behind the game. Like all the cool shit that happens happens several hours into you playing this roguelike deck builder. So like you, if you don't like the card game itself, you're not going to enjoy yourself because again, that is the central that is the central point of the game. 
But if you like the card game or if you can, if you don't hate the card game, like you're like, man, this card game is the worst. Like if you can, if you can just get down with playing the game, it's so fucking wild. <laughs> like it's really, it's really fucking crazy. And I can't, I can't say anything more than that. Cause I, cause again, if, if any of you are listening and, and you're like, man, this, this does sound kind of interesting. I want to check it out. I don't want to spoil anything for you because it's fucking crazy. Like it's a weird game. Apparently it was made by one dude. Um, and he has, well, actually I don't think he solely developed it, but I think it's like the brainchild of this, of this one designer. And he has some very interesting ideas and it's just really interesting. Like I said, it's very, it's very, it's got a lot of meta stuff in the game. Um, it's, uh, I, I wish I could say it more cause there's so much cool shit that happens later on, but I can't, I can't, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but inscription's really good. And I highly recommend it, especially if you like, uh, card games nice. in video game format. All right. So, uh, the last thing that game wise that I'll talk about before we hit the post office. So I finally, for some reason had a wild hair, uh, strike me and decide, you know what? I've owned Bowser's Fury uh, for a year and a half and haven't touched it. So why don't I fire up Bowser's Fury and see what that game's all about? Bowser's Fury, of course, was the new uh, like mini Mario game that's add-on content for Super Mario 3D World on the Switch. Um, it's just an extra thing that they put on the disc. And it is a pretty cool little bit of freeware. Um, basically the premise is that Bowser has gone crazy cause he like has like gotten sucked up by this like ink power thing that makes him like grow gigantic and kaiju size. And he's terrorizing this like little Island area and Bowser Jr. is really upset about this. So he recruits, you know, you Mario to go help him. And the game takes place inside of this open world area and the area is comprised. So like imagine like a super Mario 3d world stage. And you know how like all the stages have each have like their, this like mechanic hook that exists around them. Well, imagine each of those stages is an Island and you can kind of freely walk around this place. And there's like 10 of these things that all have like a specific mechanic that's associated with them that you can freely travel to. And each of the, each of these areas has five. um, They're called cat shines in this game, but they're basically the, stars slash moons equivalent that you've seen in other Mario games um, that you're trying to collect. And you do the typical Mario stuff of like platforming and, and you know, all, all these things to, to gather them. Um, the thing that's different about this game is that Bowser is on a timer. And so like every like five or six minutes, um, the screen will like turn dark in this thunderstorm and then Bowser will appear and like blow fire and shit at you and try to try to attack you and he's giant size, so you can't do anything to him. Um, the way you get him to go away is to either wait him out and avoid his attacks, or if you get a cat shine while he's on the board, um, like the, the lighthouse that's associated with the area will like shine on him and, and drive him away. Um, ultimately, you have to get enough cat shines to activate these gigabells that are in each of the areas. And the gigabell lets you turn into a giant kaiju-sized cat Mario so that you can actually battle Bowser one on one. And I have to say, uh, these fights against Bowser, probably the best Bowser fights in the Mario series, if I'm wow. being honest. Because yeah, because I you actually nothing but yeah. incredible things about Bowser's Fury. Um, yeah. It's and, good. Uh, the Bowser fights are 
are a leading reason why. Yeah. It's also like it's a small but like open world. Um, it is. Ah, see, pe- people call it open world. It is open world in the fact that you can go anywhere you want in this little area. But it's still it. The islands still feel very self-contained. Yeah. Like, 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 like there's nothing really thematically tying them together. Um, and then you have like the water dinosaur lot that like the Nessie thing that you can use to kind of cruise around, um, a little bit easier. Um, you can beat the game by getting 50 cat shines. Uh, there are a hundred to collect all told. Um, I've put in probably, I want to say between five and six hours and I'm up to like 68 of the cat shines right now. So like you can easily hundred percent this, in eight to 10 hours. Um, but it, it's, it, but it's not bad. At least especially for a free bit of software, uh, that came with, um, a great game in Mario 3d world. Uh, this is a fantastic addition. And I do hope that they take some of the things, especially the Bowser combat and kind of incorporate that into, uh, future Mario games, uh, that we see down the road, but it's really good. And if you, go, and if you own 3d world, uh, have not played this yet, I would definitely encourage you to give it a shot. And don't be like me and wait uh, a year and a half to to check out this thing that you've had sitting on your Switch for a very long time. So we go to the post office. Uh, I'm going to surprise Carrie uh, by handing off question reading duties to her because I have talked enough. Cool. Um, I'm trying to think the when our last episode was. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I feel like we just have to kind of stick with where we're at this week and then we'll okay. go from there so because I, I i do want to at least bring up uh m, m rogers question which is uh came in last week when we were off um because the whole rooster teeth situation i do think is worth touching on really quick which in which he just asked is it time to just burn rooster teeth to to the ground i mean faster than they are already doing it themselves <laughs> um so this was another sort of story that came out over the last couple of weeks um where um Multiple uh, former Rooster Teeth employees have come forward with allegations of mismanagement, uh, crunch, pay disparity. Uh, One in particular started this whole thing, uh, a trans woman who basically said that she had been called slurs and whatnot uh, during the process of her transitioning and had not been paid for work and... Uh, was not given appropriate time off to recover from a bout of pneumonia that literally sent her to the hospital and all this other good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, Rooster Teeth, which is known, I guess, for uh, Red versus Blue and Ruby and not much else, um, uh, basically just came out and said, sorry about the slurs. Did not discuss pay disparity, did not discuss crunch culture, none of that shit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we as a society have moved, moved past the need for rooster teeth. We have things like YouTube and Twitch now, and we don't really need uh, these fucking mediocre web series making jokes that were last funny in 2006. How how about if we uh, if you have a small like company anywhere in the gaming space um that you try to make sure that your small company is not run by a gaggle of white men and i feel mm. and, I, and i feel like if i feel like if you can prevent your company from being run by a gaggle of white men and exclusively a gaggle of white men then you could probably avoid uh, a lot of the pitfalls that seem to be uh, affecting a lot of these companies out here because i feel like that we're letting the white men uh just run amok unchecked as as history has uh, for thousands of years, and we've all seen what that what happens when you do that. So, yep. 
Here's how uh, out of the loop I am with rooster teeth. Uh, the last bit of rooster teeth media that I consumed was red versus blue. Um, I don't yeah. know how long ago it was, but um, again, I I feel like I've always been. I feel like Terrence, right? I feel like I've always been old, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> some of this like some of this humor just doesn't really do it for me. Well, like so like I, Carrie said, they were the, like Rooster Teeth in many ways was kind of like the precursor to what Twitch now does. Like that, like they they brought together a lot of independent creators and had this video streaming service. Well, now you can just do it yourself. Like you don't need yeah. a Rooster Teeth to to do it for you. So yeah, uh, we we do not need Rooster Teeth. If Rooster Teeth implodes, nothing will nothing of value will be lost at this yeah. point. Um, T-Wash asks, what have video games taught you that you used in life? Um, God of War 2018 taught me how to be a father. <laughs> that's, that's not true at all. Kratos is a terrible <laughs> father. The, the Uncharted series has taught me that as long as you are treasure hunting for a noble cause, you can murder as many pirates as you want to with no consequences. <laughs> They even, they even have a trophy about it. Like, it's, yeah. it's like a good dissonance trophy. <laughs> it's like you, just, you just go on a fucking killing spree, but as long as you're stealing things, for, as long as you're a white dude from America or, or British, or you're British, and you're going into another country and stealing their artifacts, you can kill as many people as you need to. Yeah. Fucking hysterical. <laughs> I don't I don't think video games have taught me fucking dick like video video games have taught me to not let exclusively a gaggle of white men operate your <laughs> gaming company. Yeah. <laughs> I here's here's what I'll say. Uh I I think that it was a few years ago there was like an actual scientific study that came out that showed that people my age who grew up playing Pokemon and spent a lot of time in their adolescence playing Pokemon um, have differently wired brains than other people due to the memorizing of 150 plus different creatures and their types and what they're strong and weak against. And it means that our brains have a tendency to categorize information differently. Um, So Pokemon made me a genius and (laughs) that's why I'm better than you. That's what I'll take from that. Uh, Brendan VM asks, are we still buying Bayo Bayonetta? Um, dude, fucking yeah, go, for it. go for it with, 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 gu- with gusto. I would even, yeah. I would even tell you to go buy Bayonetta three. So, yeah. Johnny asks, there are so many potentially good survivor survival horror games, resident evil Four, silent hill Two, Callista protocol and more coming out besides Terrence or any of y'all going to give them a shot. No, you got the wrong. You got the wrong panel for this question. Micah no. will probably buy one of them out of morbid curiosity, and then be too I'm scared. I'll buy. I'll, I ain't playing that I'll, shit. I'll give Resident Evil Four uh, out of curiosity. I'm staying away from Silent Hill. I don't like that. Silent Hill is spooky, and I don't like ghost shit. <laughs> I, I can deal. I can deal with gore. I can deal with chainsaw men with with potato sacks on their head, uh, slicing you up and all that. Gore is fine. I love horror movies that have like a bunch of just like bloody nonsense. 
but I draw the line when it comes to ghosts. Okay. I barely, I barely, I barely can accept the Holy Ghost. I am not going to accept little devil girls coming out of TVs. Didn't you, didn't you play like Ghostwire Tokyo, even though Ghostwire Tokyo is decidedly not yo, scary? Ghost, Ghostwire Tokyo is, is so fucking boring, yo. It's so <laughs> boring. Like I, like, I was like, all right, this looks like an easy platinum. It's only $35. Let me get, let me check it out, right? is not scary and is super boring. Oh my god. Like don't like stay away. It's like like don't let the don't let the don't let the game uh and it's always on sale. That's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> always on sale. Uh don't be stupid like me and just don't waste your time with Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh as far as Silent Hill is concerned, uh Silent Hill 2 remake I think is an interesting um idea i think the team that they got to do it which is bloober team um not the best choice bloober team seems like a bunch of people based on their existing work um that like played silent hill likes the aesthetic of silent hill did not understand the message underlying silent hill um just didn't just honestly honestly like if, if konami if konami was smart they would have been like Hey Capcom, please let the people who've been remaking the Resident <laughs> Evil games remake Silent Hill. <laughs> Here's what I will say about Silent Hill, though. Everyone was all wrapped up in the Silent Hill 2 remake news. Understandable, Silent Hill 2, I think, for a lot of people, is the best one. Um, I am very curious about Silent Hill F because they got this guy, Ryukishi07, to write the game. Ryukishi07 is one of my all-time favorite uh, game writers. He's the person responsible for the entire When They Cry visual novel series. So Higurashi, Umineko, Sekonia, all of those, which I love. Uh, I fucking love Higurashi and Umineko to death. Um, those are like the closest thing that I get to like horror games. And they're really just books and they're really more like mystery kind of shit than horror um, though there's a lot, a lot of death and a lot of gore that happens in both. Um, so for them to pick him of all people and to give him the fucking keys to Silent Hill and be like, do whatever you want, sign me the fuck up. I am way more interested in playing a Silent Hill written by Ryukishi07 than I am in any other Silent Hill entry to date. So. Am I going to play it? Still, probably no. I'm going to watch someone else play it because horror games stress me out and I don't, I can't deal with it. I, not, I will say. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I will say, this might surprise you. I was actually really stoked about all the Silent Hill announcements when I saw them. And that's because it is a signal that apparently Konami is making video games again, which means that maybe one day we'll get something new in the Castlevania franchise. And then we, we can all truly celebrate uh, oh man a happy day what a what a day that would be um uh cam asked how much money you spent on marvel snap none zero not a goose egg yep we'll check back with them next week with an update i uh, will like I, said, I, I might i might kick i i probably will at least kick them the three dollars for the welcome pack because i feel like they've earned my three dollars <laughs> so far and then like i said if the season if the season pass is worth it at the end of the season then i might buy the season pass we'll see mm. uh and finally <laughs> Before you get to the last question, Micah, uh, did you know uh, that apparently in Marvel Snap they have an Uncle Ben card as well that you can play? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? What, do you know what Uncle Ben's 
ability is? Does it uh does it does it like take uh one power away from you? No. Uh <laughs> if if you if Uncle Ben gets destroyed, a copy of Spider-Man gets added to your hand. <laughs> so That's yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> I like see like it's little stuff like that 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 I appreciate right yeah. like you're right like it like all that stuff like just makes sense that's hysterical <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh Anthony asks if if uh is Gotham Knights being thirty frames per second a deal breaker no I think the game coming out and being spectacularly mediocre makes it a deal breaker for most people. Yeah, you know what you know what makes Gotham Knights a deal breaker. Gotham Knights is a deal breaker because it was a game that they designed to be like an open, like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a, um, like a live service. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they designed to be a live service game, and then they saw that Marvel Avengers shit the bed, and then and so the they ba- shit the bed. Yeah, so so they so they revamped the game to not be a live service game, but you could absolutely tell. Uh, from a lot of the stuff that's in the game, that it absolutely at one point in its design iteration was set up to be a live service game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game, uh, that game never looked good to me. Like it never looked good to me. And I'm a mark for this like comic book nonsense. And it it just looked bad. Like I never understood why it was getting the press it was getting. It never looked good to me. And you know me. Yeah, I I'll always buy it looked- game. Like I'll buy a bad game like no problem. Like it just looked like. It looks boring. It looks. I bought Saints Row for fuck's sakes. Now oh I knew. Now I knew. Yeah, I knew what I was that. getting with Saints Row. Right. I knew what I was getting with Saints Row. With this, it just Gotham Knights just looked real fucking boring. When when Gotham Knights is twenty dollars in four months, are you going to take a chance on it for twenty bucks? Four if months. 20, That's bold. If it's yeah. twenty dollars, yeah, four months seems. I mean, like Christmas is right around the corner, right? <laughs> It'll it'll get so, into thir- it'll get into thirty for Christmas. It'll be forty come next February. I if, or twenty. If it's, I mean. uh, if it's if it's twenty dollars, yeah, I'll buy it for twenty dollars. Like I said, I'll buy a bad game. Uh, if there's nothing, wait, February? Mm, no, because Street Fighter is probably. <laughs> gonna, oh, no, I won't. Be if, it, if it's if it doesn't hit twenty five dollars. If it doesn't hit twenty five dollars, if it doesn't hit twenty five dollars or thirty dollars by Christmas, there's no way I'm ever playing that game. Interesting. So very good. That's it. Cool. Thanks, post office. Yeah. Don't forget densepixels.com/fans to join the Discord so that you can also uh, ask us any questions, video game related or not video game related. You can, you can ask us whatever you want. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you're listening in podcast form, if for some reason you haven't subscribed, that's that, that'd be insane to me. Um, but do it wherever you get podcasts. Uh, also subscribe to the other TNP studio shows like the nerd apocalypse and black and black cinema and look forward and coming distractions. Uh, also go to youtube.com slash dense pixels. Subscribe to us there as well. Just, just subscribe everywhere across any, the board any anywhere that we are hit the subscribe button um like twitch you can go to, you can go to twitch.tv slash dense pixels subscribe there and you can also follow our personal accounts i'm dense pixels brad carrie is up it's carrie terrence is apparition 410 there's there there are so many fucking subscribe buttons out there that you can click that are associated with us and if you're not doing it i mean really why not why not what the fuck what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> 
So uh, that's it for this week. Uh, I promise uh, not another three-week hiatus between uh, this show and the next one. Um, yeah. but, uh, Fingers but, yeah. crossed. <laughs> I get, I guarantee it. Even if I had to, <laughs> even even if I have to like record a solo, like a fireside chat episode with myself, <laughs> I will make sure <laughs> that, that 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 we do one, no problem. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you guys very much for watching, and listening. See y'all next time. See ya. See ya. <laughs>